0: It's the Chief Zone Podcast. Farza in here with you, and yes, this is the voice I have still doing so on a much-needed episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. You may be wondering, why does his voice sound like this? You guys know the reason why. The Chiefs put on a clinic on Thursday night to open up the season, destroying... The New England Patriots. Look, I mean, if this doesn't pump you up as a Chiefs fan to start off the season, I know last year ended on a really horrible note, the way they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But look, that's last year. I mean, you losing is never fun in the NFL. Losing there. I mean, look at how Atlanta lost. You think they were happy about that? And that's gonna, of course, haunt Atlanta for a while. But Kansas City found a way to put that in the in the backseat and just move forward they made some of the offseason adjustments needed though it wasn't a whole lot but at the end of the day they found out what they needed to do and here's the crazy part a lot of people talked about how Pat Mahomes was drafted and I've even said this too because Alex Smith can't win the big games that he needs to and for the Chiefs and what does he do he goes out there and has a game for the game of his life against the Patriots hands down This is arguably one of the best regular season wins in Kansas City history, and I don't know what other games you would put up there. Definitely the other New England win on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago, but man, uh, where do you start? We'll, We'll get into this in just a moment, but gosh, if you're a Chiefs fan, I mean, there is no way that you could contain your excitement, especially during this fourth quarter, the way that the Chiefs just continue to score and score and score and dominate this Patriots team uh, to come away with a dominant 42 to 27 win to open up and kick off the 2017 NFL season a lot of people were nervous about this I remember I announced this when this game was first announced by the Boston Globe and I think a lot of people some people were excited some were nervous at the end of the day this is the game that everyone wanted to, to do it into and see what the Chiefs were going to be made Look, Listen, this is the spotlight you wanted. Chiefs fans have constantly complained that this team does not get in the spotlight often. Well, first of all, this is the first of six primetime games that you got. And Kansas City proved the NFL that it was completely right and giving the Chiefs six primetime games, including the kickoff game to start off 2017. There were so many teams that that the NFL could have picked to have go head-to-head against New England. They picked the right team. They picked Kansas City to do it. Kansas City goes out there and spoils that fifth Super Bowl banner and gives those Patriots fans a reason to go home angry. It's just a fun game, a lot to get into. Here on the Chiefstone Podcast. A reminder, do subscribe to the podcast. Let a friend know about it. Post uh, the episodes on social media. Definitely helps the podcast out greatly. You can also interact with me on social media. Facebook.com at slash Farzine That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine 21 And feel free to email me as well. Farzine farzivisugian at FarzeeVesugian.com Where do you start? I guess... You know, let's just go. Uh, let's just go in order, I guess, because before the game, I thought to myself, "Listen, I obviously predicted a one-point win for the Chiefs. I said it was going to be twenty-seven, twenty-six, Kansas City." A lot of people, and if you go to NFLPickWatch.com, it'll show you. The picks made by every NFL expert on ESPN, NFL Network, uh, Fan sided Bleacher Report, SBNate, I mean, basically every major sports website that has their top NFL writers. According to NFL Pick Watch, 96% of their experts picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. And going down that list, I think there were only three people who picked the Chiefs to win this game. When you listen to those pregame shows, and I flip back and forth on some some different ones, I remember hearing Kurt Warner. I, everyone picked New England to win. And even on NBC, when you had Rodney Harrison and Tony Dungy also give their predictions, they they, they both went with New England. And listen, I know people are getting on the prediction, bashing here, but listen, a prediction's a prediction. Uh, but I think the way that they went about their prediction. A lot of people just didn't give the Chiefs the credit that they really deserved coming into this game. I remember hearing Kurt Warner, and again, you know, of course, Kurt knows the game better than anybody uh who's on set because he's played it, of course, just like several other uh, of these analysts. But I mean, Kurt Warner made a comment saying that it's not even going to be close, and he just said the Patriots. Are gonna, I mean, that was his, that was what he said when he gave his analysis. So some of these guys. Go on a long tangent. Some of them just make it quick, short, and sweet, and to the point. But man, uh, the Chiefs did not get a lot of respect from the national media and even some of the local media in Boston. I do want to get into what uh, what happened with the Boston sports media as I think you guys will uh, be interested in this. Uh, also, penalties. we got to talk about that. The Chiefs penalized quite a lot in this game. One penalty in specific constituted for a 15-yard penalty which would surprise you whereas the Patriots destroyed Dustin Colquitt twice and it didn't even come close to 15 yards combined get into that later also I'm going to prove to you why Patriots fans are the worst in the NFL and as Chiefs fans this is something that, that you should definitely be proud of I'll prove to you why later on in this podcast and also some bad news with Eric Berry possibly being done for the year but let's just get back into the game no defense no special teams all 42 points the Chiefs scored were the six offensive touchdowns against the number one scoring defense in the NFL last year I mentioned that last podcast and I also mentioned how the Chiefs dominated Denver in the scoreboard in both games last year Kansas City proved that they are a Super Bowl contender I mean that's my biggest takeaway Uh, you go on the road in New England on their a so, uh, fifth Super Bowl banner night, where you know it's a raucous crowd, you know the, the, the fans are going crazy, and you go into that ho- hostile uh, territory and you pick up a win, not just a win, a 42-27 win, Kansas City proved that they are one of the early Super Bowl contenders right now, and they can hang with the big boys in the NFL. And listen, I mean the whole hanging with the big boys in the, that's nothing new. The Chiefs were 3 and 0 last year against teams that played in the Super Bowl. They beat Denver twice and they beat the Panthers on a crazy comeback win. Not the most ideal way to win a football game, no offensive touchdowns, but they won and that's all that matters. And by the way, they also beat the Atlanta Falcons last season and holding them below 30 points. They were one of the best scoring teams in NFL history. And the Chiefs didn't let them light it up on the scoreboard. And a team that eventually went to the Super Bowl. And now here you are, you face the reigning Super Bowl champions to kick off the season. And again, crazy night already. It's a banner night. They're they're putting up that fifth banner. Mark Wahlberg, who's there, who by the way, left the game early uh, in the Super Bowl. He's there pumping up the crowd. But of course, no one wants to be reminded that he left early. It was just a crazy night. In Kansas City. So, or excuse me, in uh, Foxborough. And for the Chiefs to, to go out there and dominate the way they did, putting up 42 points, that's the most points on a Belichick defense. 42 points. Oh, by the way, the Chiefs scored 41 on this New England team a couple of years ago on Monday Night Football, which you may remember. The Chiefs, by the way, snapped a five-game losing streak in New England. Lost their last five times playing the Patriots on the road. Their first win on the road against the Patriots since 2000. And gosh, I mean, I've got to eat my words here because last podcast I talked about how I was not high on Kareem Hunt. This guy just had the best debut in NFL history. 246 yards from scrimmage, most by a player in his NFL debut, 148 rushing yards for a touchdown plus five catches for 98 yards. I mean, man, this guy, this guy tore it up. I don't know what to say about this guy. Oh, and by the way, as far as through the year that he had a pair of touchdowns through the year, including a 78-yard catch and run touchdown. To retake the lead. And that was the start of the route in the fourth quarter. Kareem Hunt. I mean when you really needed someone to rise to the occasion. And give you that breakthrough performance that you really needed. Kareem Hunt did exactly that. I and mean, Kareem Hunt dominated on the ground. Dominated through the year. The New England Patriots had absolutely no answer for Kareem Hunt in this football game. The way I thought Kansas City was going to handle the running game, completely different from what I expected. I know a lot of people are not surprised by this. This is, well, I, actually, I think they are surprised. I think everyone thought Kareem Hunt was going to be, maybe not this dominant, but at least a serviceable running back, uh, maybe an above average running back. I, I just was not high on him. I really wasn't. Nobody could have saw this coming from Kareem Hunt on, uh, on a big stage like this in his NFL debut obviously the early early front runner for rookie of the year of course that that kind of stuff is too early to talk about but i mean when you look at the game he had nobody saw this coming and again 246 yards from scrimmage the most the most by a player in his nfl debut I mean, tip your hat to Kareem Hunt doing this the way he did on the run. I can only imagine the Chiefs, if they can put on this kind of a show in which they've got 10 days rest for for the home opener against the Eagles or in any of these home games at Arrowhead, I mean, people are going to pack the house at Arrowhead this year. This is just the start of the season. And speaking of a great start, Alex Smith, did he have a game? uh, Look at uh, 300 plus yards. 368 yards. Four touchdowns. 28 of 35 passes completed. I'll get to Brady's stat line in a moment because it's completely horrible uh, compared to Alex Smith's. Alex Smith, by the way, second player in NFL history to throw 300 or more yards and four or more touchdowns against a Bill Belichick-led defense. The only other player to do that was Drew Brees in 2009. Oh, by the way, New England plays New Orleans next week. Just a fun fact there, that according to NFL research on Twitter. And I'll get into Brady's line now. 16 of 36 passes for 267 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Tom Brady had 11 off-target passes in this game. Alex Smith had only 2, according to ESPN stats and info. If I read you, 368 yards four touchdowns, and only two off-target passes, every single person was going to say that set line would have gone to Tom Brady. No. Alex Smith is the one who had this game. Alex Smith. Alex freaking Smith outperformed Tom Brady. A guy who's won five rings. A guy who's been arguably the most dominant player in the NFL since he came into the league. And this is his 18th season with the Patriots. Oh, and by the way, the Chiefs are the first AFC team to beat Tom Brady at home when he played the entire game from start to finish since 2006, last team to do it, the New York Jets in week 10 of the 2006 season, that according to ESPN Stats and Info, I mean, Brady just got dumb, in the first half, of course, the Patriots were focused on that running game, and their rookie, of course, had a phenomenal game too, not taking a lot away from him, 45 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. But when the Patriots tried to be more aggressive in the second half, the Chiefs shake things up with their defense. And rather than having D. Ford and Justin Houston play in coverage, they actually started rushing those guys. Tom Brady had all the protection in the world because the Chiefs were not applying pressure on. I mean, they didn't have that dominant front seven that you should be going with so I was really confused with that in the first half Andy Reid made that second half adjustment and you saw the Chiefs dominate and disrupt the pocket and not allow Tom Brady to do what he wants they tried to do that cute flea flicker which that's kind of a lost art in the NFL you don't see that often and when Justin Houston was ready for the fake at first he was ready to take down the running back then he saw the flicker And he goes after Brady and no one's there to stop him. He immediately throws the pass to the ground. uh, Not intentional grounding, but to avoid the sack. So the Chiefs weren't even letting Tom Brady and the Patriots do what they were trying to do on offense. Doing what they do best, which is air it out and go with these crazy plays. This wasn't a New England type of offense this is very uncharacteristic of them and again I said this last podcast if there's a defense that can go out there and just force New England to come up with a different game plan throughout the game Kansas City's defense is capable of it there aren't a lot of defenses that can do that I would definitely throw Denver's defense up there there aren't many defenses that could do what the Chiefs did in this football game No sacks in the first half against Brady. Jersey kept clean, but in the second half, I mean, the Chiefs tore it up. D. Ford got to him a couple of times, uh, not not with sacks, but as far as putting pressure on him. Justin Houston got a pair of sacks on him. Alan Bailey also got a sack on him. The Chiefs almost sacked him in the end zone for a safety uh, late in the game when it was basically out of reach. But man, this is the way that the Chiefs went out there and dominated that fourth quarter which by the way if you just want to look at the score of the fourth quarter 21 to 0 you cannot win football games in the NFL if you're out being outscored 21 to 0 and if you told me that someone was going to win the fourth quarter 21 to 0 I would have told you first of all they would have won the football game second of all if, if someone's scoring 21 in one quarter sure Kansas City has had their fourth quarter Dominance last year, but man, I I would have had a hard time believing that the Chiefs could have done 21 in one quarter to end a game in New England. And the Chiefs did just that. The Chiefs did a lot of unthinkable things in this game. Even if you picked Kansas City to win, you could not have imagined them doing this. Alex Smith, in his career, has had only two 75-yard passes. 75 or more touchdown passes. He had two last night. He had the 75-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill on a very brief three-play drive. And then, to retake the lead, the Tyreek Hill touchdown, that was to take the lead for the first time. The Patriots retook the lead. Kareem Hunt and Alex Smith hook up on a 78-yard catch-and-run play to retake the lead, 28-27. And then, of course, that was when the route was on the Chiefs. Went on to score two more touchdowns, another one from Kareem Hunt, including a big run that he had of 58 yards. Scored a touchdown, and then Charkandrick West also got in on the fun, scoring on a 21-yard touchdown run to just kill the Patriots, and that was the final pin on the coffin to put away the New England Patriots Sixteen 10 0 not going to happen this year, folks. Not going to happen this year, at least with the New England Patriots. The defending Super Bowl champions are 11-2 in kickoff games now. Ever since the league tried to have the reigning champions start off the season, this is only the second time you see a team go down the other team to do it, the Dallas Cowboys, over the New York Giants after the Giants beat the Patriots for a second time in the Super Bowl The Dallas Cowboys came away with a win to start off the season. The Chiefs and the Cowboys, the two teams, to defeat the reigning champions to open up a season. I mean, what do you say about this kind of performance? Travis Kelsey, definitely not the most dominant player here. Five catches, 40 yards. But gosh, Tyree kills seven catches, 133 yards, dominating uh, Danny Amendola's. Stat line of 6 catches and 100 yards. Kareem Hunt, 5 catches for 98 yards and a pair of touchdowns. And Brandon Cooks, he had a fairly good game, 3 catches for 88 yards. But man, Rob Gronkowski was silent in this game. Only a pair of catches for 33 yards. And a lot of that had to do with Eric Berry and his play. And by the way, when Eric Berry went down with an injury, the Chiefs were up by just 8. And at that point right there... I got really nervous because with Eric Berry going down with an injury and dominating Gronk the way he did. I was worried that was going to open up a brand new football game for Tom Brady. You could have easily thrown it to Gronkowski knowing Eric Berry was not there. And if Eric Berry's not there, Gronk could have the big drive to help the Patriots turn this game around. But instead, Justin Houston and that Chiefs front seven, they really came through when they needed to the most to just bring up second and long, third and long, and try to put this game away. So, uh, I mean, those sacks could not have come at a better time for the Kansas City Chiefs because without Eric Berry, Tom Brady and that Pats offense, they could have done some damage. Instead, not the case. Fortunately, the Chiefs end up getting the football back and score another touchdown so scary moment for Eric Berry to have that injury there's never a good time for that injury but man uh the, the Andy Reid said in the press conference on Thursday night that it could be a uh a torn Achilles injury so uh I mean look we saw it with Mike DeVito to start off the season you also saw it with Derek Johnson a couple of years ago in the season opener uh, man, this, I mean, this is just a, a rough way uh, to start a season. Yes, the win is huge and all over the Patriots, but at the price of losing Eric Berry, that, that is just so tough to take. It really is. And I'm not saying I would rather lose and keep Eric Berry. Uh, you, of course, you want to win and stay healthy. There's never a good time for an injury. And listen, for Eric Berry, this is, of course, nothing for Eric Berry. You know what he has gone through in his life, overcoming cancer and coming back playing football again. It's just tough to see the Kansas City Chiefs be without him because you saw what he did last year. Arguably one of the best defensive performances you've ever seen. The guy carried the team on his back two games. Did it in that Carolina Panthers game and also did it in the Atlanta Falcons game when he had the pick six before halftime and had the pick two when the Falcons took the lead on a touchdown play and then Eric Berry had that two-point conversion uh, intercepting Matt Ryan to retake the lead and getting the ball back. I mean, being without him... Even in this game, when the Chiefs were really bad, defensively speaking, Eric Berry was the only bright spot. Didn't allow Gronkowski to complete that pass, in the, the, that catch, rather, in the end zone. And then when the Patriots went for it on fourth and short... Eric Berry had a hand in not allowing the Patriots to convert. By the way, the Patriots failed to convert twice on fourth down against the Chiefs, both fourth and short. And I remember the second time the Patriots failed, uh, Derek Johnson was pushing with the side of his body because the offensive linemen were turning him around. I mean, the Chiefs were just clawing. Every way they could to try to get this win. And this was not a great defensive performance. 27 points. Never a good defensive showing. But hey, it is New England. You're not going to be able to hold them to 7 or 14 points like you did last time. When you And I say 7 because the garbage time touchdown against, that, that was thrown by Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the game was already decided by then. The first time these two teams, or the previous time the, uh, the, these two teams played in the regular season. You get the idea. But man. New England failed twice on fourth and short. Tom Brady had a lot of overthrown passes in this game. And by the way, neither team was very good on third down. New England, 5 of 15, Kansas City, 4 of 11. But Kansas City, they converted when they needed to, and doing so in the fourth quarter. The Patriots, very quiet in the fourth quarter. No scores at all in the, the entire second half. Kansas City outscored New England 28 to 10 in this game. I mean, you want to talk about a way to open up the season on the road at Gillette Stadium. The Chiefs did just that. And even when the Chiefs had that lead with Tyreek Hill and then retaking the lead by uh, and having the lead by just one point after the Kareem Hunt. Long catcher run play from Alex Smith. Gillette Stadium was silent, and I said earlier I'm going to prove to you why the Patriots have the worst fans in the NFL. I'm about to explain why right now. The Patriots were down by just one point, and NBC is showing three, four different shots of fans holding uh, holding uh, uh, their hand to their face in sadness, like they like they're at a funeral. Make some noise for that defense. If this was Arrowhead down by just one, if the Chiefs were down by just one point, Arrowhead would be rocking. Even if it was down by one possession, seven or eight points, Chiefs fans would be making some noise for that defense. Shame on the Patriots and their fans. I mean, look, Patriots fans love to brag about their five Super Bowl championships and just how they're better than anyone in the NFL. If you love your team so much, how about you prove it and make some noise? There's a reason why Arrowhead's the loudest in the NFL. Because even when the Chiefs are down, at least the fans are into it. I mean, I thought... I'm mean, I was, I was look, I'm looking around, and I mentioned this on social media. Gillette Stadium is silent down by just one. If this was Arrowhead, it would be completely different. I mean, really, this is a fan base that, you know, look, congratulations to their fan base, five Super Bowls. I I mean, what they've accomplished in a decade and a half, not many sports teams can do that. Very few sports teams have done what the Patriots have done. I mean, you talk about Mark Wahlberg, a celebrity fan who left early in the Super Bowl. And it's not just, it's not just football either. You talk about how the how the Royals were down big in that wild card game a couple of years ago. No one left. And you could tell because in the 8th inning you heard those loud let's go Royals chants. I mean, you talk about sports fans in this city and just how much they stand behind this team. And even during bad years like in 2012 when the Chiefs were just awful, sure, fans were not attending games understandably so. But they still voiced their opinions. There were fans flying banners over the stadium, uh, Facebook pages w- wanting for a change, and you got Andy Reid to come into town and be able to be that change. It's funny because Boston sports fans were criticizing Royals fans for not attending games until the team started dominating in twenty fourteen in late twenty fourteen. Look, I mean, what do you expect? Do you really think that... And again, Boston sports fans, they really do have it easy because that is just such a fortunate city when it comes to sports championships the past 20 years. But really, you're going to criticize Kansas City fans for not attending baseball games? They weren't even attending basketball games when Paul Pierce was there until Kevin Garnett was acquired. So don't talk to t- sports fans and KC About attendance during bad years. And they were comparing it to Boston's one bad year in 2015. That's one bad year. Kansas City baseball had 29 bad years. Okay, one good year right there. But the rest were just horrible. Of course Royals fans aren't going to go to games. Of course they're not going to follow the team. For 29 bad years. I just proved it with the Celtics, man. People in Boston didn't care about that basketball team. Not until Kevin Garnett got there and led them to a championship. But they only won one, by the way. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Bruins even have a title. So, listen, for a city that's just so fortunate and gifted, it's pretty annoying to see a a fan base in Boston. I'm sure it's a beautiful city. I'd love to visit it one day. I've never been to Boston, but man you'd love to at least see that that fan base be humble but hey you know what i think at times i mean you enjoy moments like this where boston sports fans they weren't even cheering for their team down by just one they left her uh brad stevens of kctv5 has a really cool shot of his tv at the two minute warning in the fourth quarter the stadium is a ghost town People bolted out of there. Kansas City did what everyone wanted Atlanta to do last year. By the way, speaking of Atlanta, Brent Musburger had a hilarious tweet uh, saying, Hey, Atlanta and Seattle, this is how you finish the Patriots. Run the damn ball. The Chiefs did exactly that. Something that Atlanta and Seattle should have done to not blow their opportunities in beating arguably the best football team in the Super Bowl, in Super Bowls forty-nine and fifty-one, and I got to give a shout out to Steve, who's been a very long-time listener of the podcast. And I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I, I know he's mentioned this a couple of times, so I I, I, th- I think he's cool with me mentioning this. He's a police officer in the Boston area, so big appreciation to, to what he does. And I'm sure the city of Boston or, or whichever city it is in that uh, suburb in the suburb of Boston. I'm sure they're very fortunate to have him doing what he does for a living. It's not an easy job. Um, there is that story with Martellus Bennett, and I do want to talk about that in the next podcast. don't have time for it on this podcast, but I've uh, been a long-time listener of the Chiefs on podcast. In fact, uh, he—and I love when people send me tweets like this or messages like this. Uh, he sent me a tweet a few years ago uh, saying that he listens to the podcast in his overnight shifts when he's on his break. Uh, of course, not doing it while he's on to duty, I'm, I'm sure, uh, but, but I, I love, I love the reading of that. I always love when people send me tweets like that. Very cool to hear. So definitely appreciate Steve for uh, being a long time listener of the podcast. He sent me a, a message uh, on Facebook, uh, that he was going to be at the game. Uh, and he also mentioned to me that, uh, he was listening to Sports Talk Radio in Boston, which they have W E E I and The Fan. And they were just laughing at Kansas City before this game on Thursday. So when I read his message, I decided to go on an online stream and listen to WEEI in Boston, which is one of the bigger sports stations in the, in the country. And immediately, I just hear Lou Merloni and his co-hosts bashing Roger Goodell. And immediately, I just turned it off. Listen, I don't know what it is with Boston sports, guys. I, I, I've listened to very little Boston sports, sports radio. For some reason, they pride themselves on bashing people. Uh, I remember uh Callahan Dennis and Callahan which uh, it's now Kirk and Callahan in Boston. But I remember Dennis and Callahan they they attacked uh, uh, two other radio hosts in their own city. And I don't I don't remember what it was for. Those guys went on to Sirius XM, now doing bigger things. And it's funny, the guys on Sirius XM they, they were kind of offended by it and all of their listeners started calling up their show started harassing them. Not that I support that, but look, I mean when you when you say the things you do, when you start attacking other people publicly, you, you kind of deserve that. Lou Loney, I mean, the, the guy could not be a more cocky person. I remember uh, he was on with Fesco, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of 6'10", in here in Kansas City. And he mentioned that in 2015, that no Royals player, keep in mind, this is when the Royals had the best record in the AL. No Royals player deserved to start in the All-Star Game. And, of course, the Royals eventually won the, the World Series that year. So, I mean, I asked Fesco, who was the guy that, that you had on your show who said the Royals didn't deserve to to start in the All-Star game? And Fesco tagged him. And I and so I responded to Lou. I said, look, do you still stand by the fact that the Royals should not have had a, an All-Star game? This is after the team won the World Series. He got upset by that and started getting all of his followers, all these Boston sports fans, to attack me, which I found comical. Look, I, I trust me, I don't, I don't get offended over social media posts, uh, when, when people come after me the way they do, I, I just laugh at it. I, I mean, it, it's people behind their keyboards, basically. Uh, They would not say the things that they would face-to-face, which we all know that. But, I mean, really? Lou, I I, I, tu- I tune into WEI. The, f- the only thing I hear is them just bashing Roger Goodell. You, by the way, Boston sports fans are going to have a lot more to bash than just Roger Goodell uh, on their Friday shows. But, man... I mean this guy gets offended over a question I, I just a legitimate question. Just all I did was ask him if he still believes that the Patriot or that the Royals did not deserve to have a starter in the All-Star game. What did I just say about Boston sports fans? And how over arrogant they are and rude they are, and they don't even support their team down by just one point. I remember in the sprint center when the Jayhawks were losing by 10 points to Oregon. Jayhawks fans were on their feet trying to cheer their team on. In Kansas City, if you're down by one possession, maybe even two, Arrowhead would still be rocking. Patriots fans were silent down by just one point. So have fun talking about that, Boston Sports Media. I'm sure you're going to address that. I'm sure Boston Sports Media is not going to address this, so I'll do it instead. Dan Sorensen was penalized for a fi- for 15 yards, what did he do, he, he, there was a fumble uh, by Tyreek Hill which he recovered, and there's a big pile of course after every fumble, Dan Sorensen pulled away one Patriots player, which I can understand him doing that, he doesn't want the fumble to, to go their way, but listen, he's got to remember that he's not the referee, referees are the ones who do the pulling in those piles. But he was penalized 15 yards for that. The Patriots twice ran into Dustin Colquitt, knocking him down each time. Now, they ran into his leg. When you run into the leg, that's considered running into the punter. That's only five yards and a repeat fourth down. If you actually drill him, if you actually drill the punter down, and when I say I'm talking about actually going after his body, tackling him, that's roughing. And that's an automatic first down. The second time around, I I don't know who it was, but somebody ran into Colquitt's leg and Colquitt spun 360 mid-air and it was only running into him. It was not roughing. Oh, by the way, Dan Sorensen's penalty when he pulled the player off, that was considered unnecessary roughness. But it was 15 yards for just pulling a player off, whereas Colquitt... They ran into him twice aggressively, and it was back to back five yard penalties. There was even a Patriots player who held his head and jumped angrily because he thought it was going to be roughing. I mean, we're so protective of quarterbacks in the NFL, but we're, I mean, punters we're not protect, protective of them. And it's only a quote unquote running into the punter. If I mean, I don't know what roughing is. Does I mean, apparently you have to actually tackle them down for that to be considered roughing? I guess. So I don't know exactly what to say about that. Maybe you guys can help provide some clarity because, uh, to me, I just think that's absolutely erroneous that Dan Sores and pulling someone away is a 15-yard, quote-unquote, unnecessary roughness penalty, whereas running into Dustin Colquitt aggressively is just a five yards running into him, and it's not an automatic first down. It's not a roughness call. So I don't get that rule at all. Maybe you guys can help provide some clarity. Facebook.com slash Friesen Visugi, and I doubt you'll be able to do so or on Twitter, at Farzing21, unless you're a Patriots fan, I'm sure you're going to provide clarity as much as you can for that one, or make any excuse you can for this one, it's a why New England was just dominated by the Patriots, look, Chiefs fans have got to be proud, even if the Chiefs were to lose this game, it would have been a tough one to take, but at least you can take this one, be proud of just what you did in this football game, but instead the Chiefs managed to hold on to that football game, and man, I mean, the more and more the Chiefs scored, I thought they're going to do this. On that Tyreek Hill play to take the lead for the first time, I thought this could actually happen. This could actually happen. And then the Kareem Hunt play, I thought to me, even though it was only a, it, it was the tie, they took the lead on the extra point attempt, barely making it by Cairo Santos. By the way, uh, gosh, I thought after that Kareem Hunt touchdown, that long touchdown, I thought. This is this this is really going to happen. It's the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs have the lead now, and they did exactly that, never looking back after that touchdown play in the fourth quarter. And I do want one other player. I do want to mention Terrence Mitchell on a guy who really is going to need to come up and make some bigger plays because because of Eric Berry's injury, Terrence Mitchell had a really bad football game here. Couple of penalties, fifteen by the way, for Kansas City. And man, uh, lots on big plays. Terrence Mitchell came away with a big pass deflection late in the game to prevent the the Patriots from retaking the lead when, if I'm not mistaken, it, it was just a one possession game at the time. The Chiefs were up by just eight. So a big play by Terrence Mitchell to come away with that pass deflection and not allow Tom Brady to hook up on that deep pass. But man... Uh, You want to criticize Alex Smith for the deep pass. He had two, two big ones in this game. And he also attempted at several others too. And I don't know if drafting Pat Mahomes had anything to do with it, but we're starting to see a, a, a more aggressive Alex Smith. We saw this in the preseason, and now we're seeing it more in the regular season. Now, I know it's just one game, but this is a big one game. We all know that. This is not just one of 16. This is the big one. This is easily going to be the biggest chief. There's not going to be a bigger Chiefs game this year than this one, unless that Chiefs Broncos game in Week 17 gets flexed to Sunday Night Football, and if it's for the oh, the one remaining spot in the playoffs. This Chiefs team really came to play, and so did Alex Smith. I've been a huge critic of Alex Smiths, and listen, you can we can go on about the Pat Mahomes draft pick, which I have certainly. But if drafting Pat Mahomes makes Alex Smith play like Tom Brady in this game. Listen, I mean I'll take it. Sure you're paying Pat Mahomes 4 million what 3 4 million dollars to be on the bench? But if it leads to things like this, such as 42 points over New England, if that's just the start of things to come this season for the Chiefs, then listen, there're going to be some down moments this year, don't get me wrong. They're not going to go 19 0. But if this is a preview of what's to come for the Chiefs this year, I'll take it. I'll take Pat Mahomes being on the bench for a year. This, I mean, you can learn from Alex Smith like this. I know he's been criticized so much in his career, not just in Kansas City. The guy's had a roller coaster career with everything he's gone through, being labeled as a bus in San Francisco then regaining himself and then falling to an injury only to watch Colin Kaepernick take the 49ers to a Super Bowl coming to Kansas City starting off 9-0. Then that injury it, it, last, last year was just not a good year for Alex Smith overall. For him to have the game he did, he needed this football game. And he came through big when he needed to. So listen, if this is how Alex Smith's gonna play, sure, let's let's hold off Pat Mahomes for a year. I did not think Alex Smith was going to be able to start a season like this. And he did just that for the... I predicted the Chiefs were going to score 28 points. Or excuse me, 27. Alex Smith threw four touchdowns, which is 28 points. So you'll take that any way you can. Oh man, big, big win for the Chiefs. This is how you start a season. And then you got 10 days rest to get ready for the Eagles. Bad news though with Eric Berry. Tyreek Hill even left the game for just a little bit due to some cramps. But, man, uh, you've got to be careful with this. We'll know more for sure about Eric Berry this weekend. Eric Berry's going to have an MRI. We'll see what the result of that is. But for now, 42-27 win, 1-0. The Patriots currently have the worst record in the NFL. Who would have thought that to start the season? Chiefs 1-0 in the biggest way the NFL season has been kicked off. Ever. So, gotta enjoy that if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I'm Farzy Vesugian. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to the podcast. Be sure you subscribe. Please share it on social media. Let a friend know about the Chiefs on podcast. Never too late to join the party. Never too late. So let them know about it. Enjoy the weekend. Interact with me on social media: facebook.com/slash Farzyvasugian. And follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. We'll talk about some of the games from Sunday. And then uh, we won't do the recap for the Eagles game. We'll do that later on next week. So this will be the recap podcast for the weekend. And then I'll come back on Monday. And then on Thursday, we'll do a preview podcast previewing the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Big win. Got to take that. Talk to you guys after the weekend. Enjoy.